When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jennifer, I am so happy to have you here with us. Now, you, you and I have known each other for years, and I know that you are so uniquely qualified to speak to our topic today, interruptions. And, and this isn't just because of a personal interruption that you've experienced, but mostly because of how I have seen you personally respond in ministry to these interruptions. Thanks so much for joining me. I am so glad to be with you, Kirk. So Jennifer, we're talking about interruptions. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with your story uh, and how you were diagnosed with a, a rare eye disease that uh, led to a very challenging interruption in your life, could, could you just talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I mean, talk about an interruption. Because here I am 15 years old and I've got nothing but a bright future ahead of me. And Kirk, you know this, I loved to draw. That was my thing, art. And like, I would love to just like study people's faces. And then I would create these caricatures, you know, I'd exaggerate their features to try to catch their personalities. And I remember just sitting outside and studying a sunset and then painting it. I just loved art. And I remember one day, in high school, or I'm sorry, at the end of uh, junior high, I was making a banner for our um, field day. And I was sketching this lion. And as I did, I noticed all these little dots everywhere, like someone had gotten eraser dust or maybe marked it with a pen. And I kept trying to wipe it off and I couldn't remove mm. it. And my friend who was helping me asked what I was doing. And I complained about how dirty, you know, this sheet was that I couldn't get it to clean up. And uh, she said, Jennifer, this is perfectly clean. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, that was the first indication that something was wrong with my eyes. So very quickly after that, my mom had me at an eye doctor and then we were at an eye hospital. And after a few days of testing, the doctors told my folks and me that I had a disease in both of my eyes called retinitis pigmentosa. So here I was 15 years old and I remember leaving that eye hospital feeling my fingertips and wondering if I was gonna ever read Braille, realizing I'd never be an artist, I'd never drive a car. I had so many more questions than answers. And that bright future was suddenly draped in shadows. And you know, you're talking about interruptions. And, and I look back at that and it certainly was an interruption. But when I look back now and see what God has done, I think it actually became an invitation for me to live a deeper life. Wow. So we love to hear that. And yet we ask, how in the world did you process that? At 15 years old, you want to be an artist and, and you're saying, I, I think my dreams may be taken away from me here. How did, how did you cope with that? Well, I'll tell you, the way I coped with it was twofold. One, I watched my parents, who obviously were the only source of real um, information I had at that point of how to respond to a difficult tragedy. And they responded with faith. And, and so that, for me, became a mirror for me. 
that I could reflect, even until I felt it on my own. But then also it was because of the grace of God. Because that same day as I'm riding home feeling my fingertips, when we finally get home from the eye hospital, I sat down at the piano and I began to play. And Kirk, I had had a couple of years of piano lessons, but I was not a great pianist. But that day, I, of course, couldn't read sheet music. I couldn't read out of my little hymn book that I used to play from. But I began to play by ear. And I played a song I had never played before in a way I had never played before. And it was like God just opened up the windows of heaven and allowed a song to fill my heart, flow through my fingertips. And the song was that beloved hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And that's what I'm talking about. Grace is how God allowed me to cope. Because even that day, though I my feelings hadn't fully caught up with it, but God was teaching me on the darkest day of my life the truth that it doesn't have to be well with your circumstances, for it to be well with your soul. And so I'm, I know that no matter what anyone faces, it might be devastating. Your world might feel like it's crumbling. But when you begin to fall, I promise you, God catches you with his grace. And he doesn't necessarily make it well with your circumstances, but he will make it well with your soul. That's what he's done for me. Jennifer, I'm listening to you right now. And, and as I'm sure so many people are also watching you and 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 they can see the maturity, they hear the wisdom in what you're saying. Was, was that, did that just come naturally to you at 15, 16 years old because you watched your parents with a mature faith? Or, or was that a process over time that you got to, to that kind of trust in God? You know, I don't know that that is ever natural at any age. I think it's supernatural though at every age. And, and I believe for me it was a process, but here's the thing, Kirk. You know this. It still is a process. I am still in process. But I know that for me, there has been a light in my life that there is no way blindness could ever, ever shun. And that's the light of God's word. So when Psalm tells us that, that his word is a light to our path, I mean, it is for me. Obviously, I navigate with a white cane or I hold onto my husband's arm anytime I want to go anywhere. But I am completely free and I am able to process my grief, my loss in the presence of God through his word. And the light of his word really does illuminate it. It teaches me, it teaches me that I can trust God even in the small things. Because I'm telling you, you know, I can sit before you and go, Okay, blindness is the hardest thing I deal with. And I know that with God, I can navigate this. I know without him, there's no way I can spend one day in the dark. But then I'll just have one of those days where it's the little things like impatience, bitterness, those kind of things start to pull me down. And that's where the light of God's word brings me back into the process of walking with him and walking in the freedom that he's given me as he's made it well in the deepest part of my soul. Jennifer, um, I, I know you also wrote a book called God is Just Not Fair. And there's a wonderful play on words there. Um, God is just not fair. But sometimes in your, in your heart, you're crying out, God, this is just not fair. And, and, yeah. and you've written other books like Lessons That You've Learned in the Dark and all of these, they just speak of such, such depth of faith and maturity and wisdom. What do you say to the question that must come up in your mind? Um, 
but God allowed this to happen to me. He's sovereign. He's in control. Whether you want to say that God caused this or whether God allowed this, at the end of the day, we're winding up in the same place and is I can't see. How do you yeah. process that? How do you deal with the way you feel about God knowing that he's, he's all powerful and has ordained that this is your life? There's a, a woman named Marilyn Ford. And I had, when I first lost my eyesight, someone gave me a, a cassette tape. It was that, that long ago. It was a cassette tape of her telling her story. And for years I avoided listening to it because I knew what was going to be on that tape. And I knew I'd be able to identify with a lot of what she said because she had lost her sight as a teenager. And she had so many of the same struggles, becoming a mom, not being able to drive. She, she talked about praying for healing and then opening her eyes at the end of the prayer and not being able to see. And I could identify with so much. And the reason I did not want to listen to that tape was because I knew there was something in there I could not identify with. So I'll never forget the day I listened to it. And I got to that part of her story when she talked about kneeling before God, praying for healing, and she opened her eyes and she could see. And I remember hearing her story. Tears fell down my own cheeks because there was this sense of awe toward God that he could do that. But there was also this sense of loss that I experienced even more deeply that he can but he didn't do it for me. He chose to do it for Marilyn Ford and he did not choose yet to do that for me. And, and it was for me this amazing experience that helped shape my contentment because on that day I was able to look straight into the face of blindness and straight into the face of healing and I could see God in both. Psalm 18 says that as for God, his ways are perfect. And I don't understand his ways quite often. I don't really like his ways, but I trust his ways. And the same God who showed the mercy to heal Marilyn is the same God who shows me mercy every single day to live in the dark. So I have not chosen to base my trust on what I understand, but to base my trust on his good character. And that brings me daily contentment. Oh, Jennifer, this is, I mean, you, you, you are just such an inspiration to me personally, and you're living out what the scriptures say, that we walk by faith and not by sight. We're to not lean on our own understanding, but in all our ways to desire the presence of God or acknowledge him, and he will direct our path. And it makes me think of, of, of our Savior, Christ, and you, you could think, wow, you know, he even prayed, Lord, if this cup can pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. And, and, and could there have been another way? Could God have somehow taken, taken a different path to, to redemption? And yet, Jesus went forth and he trusted his Father that everything that had to happen was going to happen. He was gonna be okay with it because he trusted yeah. uh, the heart of his father. You know, I love that about Jesus too, because he knew what the father was capable of, but he wasn't willing to settle for God's, just his power. He was appealing to his authority, you know? And, and I think for us, if we're going to live a, a, a content faith life, then we don't just need to demand what God's power is capable of, but we need to be willing to accept what God's authority chooses for us. So yeah. it's really just, it really is saying, I'm trusting your will, God, it, not mine, but your will be done. And there is a lot of comfort in that. There, there sure is. And I, I know, I have some other friends who have dealt with very difficult things. And I think one of the 
one of the interesting and unique challenges that uh, members of the family of faith have is they wonder this, this question. Since God can heal me, and since there is healing in, in Christ as a Christian, is the reason that I still deal with blindness or quadriplegia or uh, whatever it is, maybe because I don't have enough faith to believe for my healing. Have, have those thoughts ever crossed through your mind? Well, they've crossed through my mind because often there's well-meaning brothers and sisters who bring that to my attention and let me know that if I did have enough faith, I would be healed. And I understand their well-meaning. And I understand scriptures that talk about faith. But my understanding of faith is that not that it puts demands on God, but that it allows me to live of a standard of trust that no matter what God does, I'm going to say it is well with my soul and it's not about me. And I look at like the man born blind in John 9. Jesus didn't say, yep, he didn't have enough faith. Jesus says, this kind of thing happens so that God is glorified. And I look at my life and I know who I, I know who I am. I know the tendencies that I have. And sometimes I think, who would I have been if God had not mercifully allowed blindness to shape me into who he called me to be? I, I, I wonder if sometimes what we think is a difficult thing that God's allowing in our life that will hinder us is actually what he is allowing in our life to unleash his glory and the gospel through our lives. And I think when we can look at what God allows through a lens of his sovereignty and his glory rather than our desires, then it frees us up to trust him with the whole process. Jennifer, this is why I love talking with you. Every time I talk with you, my faith is deepened. I get such a picture of the goodness and faithfulness and glory of God. And um, honestly, it, it, it really humbles me. This is so insightful. I want to continue this conversation when we come back. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Well, we're back to continue our conversation with Jennifer Rothschild, one of my dear friends. And uh, Jennifer, I want you to talk for just a moment about the doors of opportunity that God has opened to you to minister to other people uh, through Fresh Grounded Faith and the books that you've written. I mean, I, you, you had mentioned earlier, you wondered what kind of person you would be if it weren't for the path that God took you down. And I can think of just thousands and thousands of people that are asking, what kind of person would I be if God didn't take Jennifer Rothschild down this path of blindness? Talk a little bit about the ministry that you're involved in right now. Well, I remember um, sitting at lunch one time with one of the Kendrick brothers, and he was telling me that he, he was wanting to know more about my ministry because of what God had done through blindness. Now, the reason I'm sharing that with you is because I was in a season, Kirk, where I was like, I felt so useless. Like blindness was such a big burden and it was 
I felt like it took 90% of my brain power to carry around blindness. And I felt like I wasn't being able to accomplish my calling very well. And it was just a real frustrating time. And then he says this to me that it was because of my blindness that he wanted to hear what I had to say. And it became for me this moment to realize that sometimes that thing that we dread most in our life, that that's where the life we've dreamed of actually happens. And so for me, I don't know, I don't know if I would have a ministry if it hadn't been because of loss. That perhaps the platform that God gave me to teach scripture and minister to women was built on thousands of tears that were cried because of blindness. And so for that reason, I would share with anyone who's got a difficult thing in their life, Embrace it. Embrace what you cannot avoid because that might be the very thing that God is using to position you and to shape you into the person that he is choosing to use for his glory. We don't know how God is using our weakness. You know, we think, well, if I just have it all together, then I'll be able to influence people. Or if I have just, and the best in my field, or the smartest, or the cutest, or the slickest, or whatever, if I can be so good at such and such, then I will be effective for the kingdom. It is in our weakness that God's strength is made perfect. It is in our difficulty that His goodness shows. So we embrace those things, and we just say, God, use it. And He's going to do a measure on the word than we could ever ask or imagine because of it. There's a takeaway right there. Embrace what you cannot avoid because God is going to use it for your good and for the good of others. Can you just share maybe one story or, 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 or an email or, or something that you may have heard of how God has used what seems like a really difficult thing in your life to actually impact somebody else's life? Well, Kirk, we were on a ministry cruise together, you and Chelsea. And how could I forget? And I and some other Christian speakers. It was one of the best. It, talk about a takeaway. It was a getaway with a takeaway, right? That's right. Well, it was on that cruise that I had such an experience. There was a lady who came on this trip with her husband, and she had just lost her eyesight. She was in her 40s, and she was dealing with such pain and devastation. Her life felt like it was in ruin. She, hadn't, she couldn't see her future. And she said, I need to come on this cruise because I needed to be around your teaching. I wanted to just be, to be around you. And she wanted to have lunch, so one day I had lunch with her. And it was what she said at lunch that has radically um, humbled me, I gotta be honest, just so humbled. And before I tell you what she said, I need to share with you why it was so meaningful. Before I lost my eyesight, uh, I did not know I was going to lose my eyesight. So that summer before I lost my eyesight in the fall, I was 15 years old. The very last book I read was by Johnny Erickson Tata. And it was as if God tucked a hero in my heart so that when I began my darkness, I can't tell you how many times I thought of Johnny. And if Johnny could trust Jesus, I could. If Johnny could persevere, I could. And, and she was really just my hero. And to this day, she still is. So when I'm sitting at lunch with this lady out there on the Pacific Ocean, and I can feel the boat rocking on the waves, and she says to me, I needed to meet you because you are my Johnny. 
And it was the most humbling thing I've ever been told. But what it was a reminder to me was that we have no idea how God is going to use us. And I remember sitting across from her thinking, oh, no way, I could never be that for you. But I realized what she was really saying is, Jesus has become my hero through your story. Jesus has become real to me because I've seen him strong in your loss. And that may be my story, but Kirk, that's your story. That can be everyone's story. When we just submit our weakness and our loss to God and say, I'm not going to live my life making it all about me, but I'm just going to say, I'm giving you me, Lord, and then you do through me what she needs, what he needs for your glory and for their good. And I tell my kids all the time, selfish people aren't happy people, and selfish people suffer harder. And I have learned through blindness that when I'm selfish, I'm not happy. And when it's all about me, I suffer harder. But when I can say, God, I'm going to just release my platform, my blindness, my expectations all to you, man, then I see how he uses me in other people's lives. Oh, Jennifer, this is so good. This is so great. I just want to rewind this and and listen to it all over again. I know that there's people who um, are, are... are biting their fingernails and wringing their hands because of the state that the world is in right now. Some people are, are facing some health problems. Uh, people are, a lot of people are facing losing their jobs. And they're really uh, concerned about potential interruptions that are gonna be coming their way. And so they're trying to pray, but they're still worried. They're still filled with anxiety. How could you encourage somebody right now who's anticipating some sort of um, uh, a crisis interruption in their life? Uh, knowing that it may happen, it, it may not happen, but there's an opportunity right. for them to really um, do the right thing if they prepare ahead of time. Well, I'll tell you this, fear, fear is an exceptional fiction writer. Mm-hmm. Fear has this ability to create this fantasy future full of tons of what ifs. What if inflation goes up? What if I don't get this job? What if the housing market never goes back down? What if, what if? And fear can just write this amazing fantasy fiction for the future, which makes us say, forget it. I'm just going to be paralyzed in anxiety. And so I think we have to be wise to trust God more than our feelings. Because feelings don't always represent facts. And fear is a feeling, but faith is a choice. And so faith actually can see into the future and recognize that even though we can't see what lies ahead, we know who is right there in the future, superintending all of it. And that's God. I remember sitting in a, well, my daughter-in-law was sitting in our kitchen and I was trying to prepare a meal. She was brand new to the family. And I remember this particular day, I was really, I do try to cook even though I'm blind. And so this day it wasn't going well. I like left a cabinet door open and I banged my face on it. I moved a pot and didn't remember and I burned my arm. And so it was just like thing like this just kept happening over and over. And she paused and she's watching me and she says, man, blindness must be really hard. And let me pause there and say this, what you're facing must be really hard. Your uncertainty for the future, it must be really hard. The the loss, really hard. I get it. And so I paused and I I looked at my daughter-in-law and I said to her, echoing the grace that was resounding in my heart at that moment, I said to her, it is really hard, 
But earth is short and heaven is long. And that would be my final encouragement to all of us. Earth may be hard, but earth is short and heaven is long. And so just like 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 through 18 tell us, therefore, because that's true, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly things are wasting away, inwardly, right this very minute, you are being renewed. And this light and temporary trouble, it is working within you a far greater weight of glory. So don't lose heart. Keep your eyes fixed on what is unseen because I'm, that's what is eternal. Jennifer, I always feel like your wisdom gives me 2020 vision. I've so loved talking with you again. Thanks for being here today. 